This week on Prepping 2.0. Today, we give you more practical prepping tips in bite-sized pieces with tons of variety. Prepping tips by learning from failures. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Part one of this topic of learning from your mistakes was so popular, we decided to do a part two. Today, we're going to talk about learning from other people's mistakes, our mistakes, and Patreon's mistakes. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. So in our part one, when we were talking about prepping fails, one person piped in and said, purchasing freeze-dried food because he had bought it and then went to use it and it had gone bad. Which I don't understand how yeah. that happens. We're, We're not bad. saying that he's wrong. No, 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 not at all. Well, and I shouldn't say go bad. It tasted awful. It had yeah. lost its flavor over time. I'm going to almost guarantee you, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was not Numana Foods. I agree. Numana Foods, they specialize. This is the sole thing they do. Hardcore preppers own the company. They employ preppers. They're all about prepping. They have specialized and fine-tuned how to freeze-dry food for long-term. They specialize in bulk, long-term freeze-dried food for your deep prep so that you can store it away for 25 years, open it up, and it tastes super good. So encourage you that if you're looking into that, freeze-dried food is part of your preps. Check them out. You can find them at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. You'll find them over there. And I do believe they have a pretty nice little uh, coupon code. Why, yes, they do. Top 100 items that disappear first. This is a list from Bosnia survivors available on our website, prepping2-0.com, under the appropriately titled heading, Top 100 List of Things. This week, it's number 33. This is one I never thought of, but it makes a lot of sense. Clothespins, clotheslines, and hangers. Uh, No more washing machines and dryers. Uh, Not even laundromats. So you're going to need to wash your clothes some way, and you're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way, which isn't hard, but people are not ready for it. And if you have these items, clothespins, clotheslines, and hangers, Shelby, true or false, these are inexpensive items that take up very little space. Oh, gosh, they're very inexpensive. You can find them at a drugstore, grocery store. Look in the Amazons. Amazons. Look in the cleaning aisle kind of a thing. And let's just not forget, clothesline and clothespins, yes, you need to use them for laundry, drying laundry, drying things that you've washed. They're also good for about a million other things, too. About a million. Just, Rounding up. I mean, think about clothespins are a clip. They're good for clipping and adhering things temporarily. And you can never go wrong having extra clothesline rope sort of thing. Yeah, let's say you have an obnoxious cousin that comes to your bug out location and you need him or her to shut up because they're obnoxious. You can put a clothespin on their lips as a way of saying, please don't talk anymore. That's one use. Oh, my gosh. I think there's some more practical ones, Mm. but let's move on, shall we? Okay. Here's what you missed from a recent after show if you're not a Patreon. If you don't pick those things every day and your life gets busy and you start a new job like Shelby Gallagher did, Mm -hmm. what do they turn into, Glenn? Giant, kind of mushy, gross chicken food. Yeah. So, yes. And so was there a lot of waste with that in terms of food? Yes. There's so much more to this show than this regular show that you're listening to now. To find out what you're missing, it's only $2 a month. Why don't you go on to prepping2-0.com, hit the big orangish, reddish button that says Patreon, become a patron. And you too can get the after show where we're going to continue these awesome Patreon comments that we had. By the way, you get to make comments and have them read on the air, which is very cool. Well... Let's get into it. Today, we give you more practical prepping tips in bite-sized pieces with tons of variety. It's what we do here. I'm shrugging with modesty, but you can't see that because this is an audio podcast. Well, and this is a focus not just on prepping tips, but prepping tips by learning from failures. Exactly. Those are the best ways to learn is from your own failures, but preferably learning from other people's failures because that's cost-free. It's all the learning and None of the hassle. None of the headache. Exactly. We'd like to start off with our own personal top prepping fails. We did last episode. We had a pretty good one. And here's, 
I think, a very good one. And it's kind of embarrassing, but I mean, we're not perfect here. We don't claim to be. No, everyone who's contributed to this, I'm sure on one level or another, are embarrassed by their mistakes. So we're all there. Yeah. So yes. Well, I want to take you back in time. It is the summer of 2020. The left is burning down American cities and absolutely nothing is happening to them. They are occupying parts of a city, Seattle, declaring that they've seceded from the United States and they've established a communist, in my words, dictatorship, a communist government on a part of American soil. And this was rather shocking. Well, we, Shelby and I, were in a very unusual prepping situation. This probably doesn't apply to many of you, but it applied to us. And that was we had a team of extremely trustworthy, vetted dudes, and they were going to come to our bug out location outside of the Seattle metropolitan area. And they were hopefully going to bring their stuff, but they may not be able to bring their stuff. And Shelby and I were able to say, just bring yourselves. We got everything covered. What did that mean? That meant having enough extra tactical gear on hand for a team of dudes Again, you can see why I say this makes sense, because given our unique situation, it actually made sense. So we got a bunch of tactical gear that in hindsight, and you'll remember from the last episode what I said about hindsight, it's not something you do to beat up on yourself, but it is an appropriate thing to look back on and learn from. And so that's the positive side of hindsight. And we're employing the positive side of hindsight and saying, we bought too much tactical gear. And a lot of you are saying, you can't have too much tactical gear. That might be true. Here's what Shelby and I very earnestly hope and literally pray for, that we will never ever need tactical gear because that means that really bad things are happening. So, and I wanted to get a very specific example. One of our team members who will go nameless has a wife and two kids. And he says one of his biggest fails was he bought four of everything. In other words, he had four bug out bags. He had four sets of body armor. He had four main battle rifles, four pistols, all same caliber, same magazines, all of this kind of stuff. And he looked back on it and he never really asked his wife if she would really be that into coming, especially with a bug out bag and body armor on. And uh, his kids were younger than they are now, and they may not have been down with the program. I'm not saying that him not asking was because he's dumb. He's an extremely intelligent guy. He just sort of got caught up in it and thought, there are three other people that I love very, very much. I need to take care of them. I will take care of them by buying copycat sets of tactical gear for each one of them. And now he's getting rid of a lot of his stuff. He's got rid of a lot of his stuff. So go ahead and and Patreons in the comments to the Patreon version of the show. Let us know if you fell victim to this situation where you bought too much tactical gear. And I'm curious how common this is. So there you have it. Let's do our first Patreon comment, Shelby. And then you can tell some folks about some of our sponsors. Awesome. And so... How do we say this person's name? Dennis? H-A-E-H-N, which is Hawaiian. In Hawaiian is Halaka Chaka. I would say Hain. Okay, Halaka Chaka. Dennis, I apologize right now. Yes, for to the entire state of Glenn's Hawaii. completely strange behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, he goes on to say, we went on a one-night camping trip, took two hours to figure everything out, and still forgot an extension cord for the air mattress. Point is, we are not ready for any bug-out situation. We live in a pine forest, so wildfire is always a threat. We need to make a list and get items together in totes better for camping, necessary to bug out fast. We hit on this last week, too. I'm part of this, yeah. And I'm glad Dennis hit on it as well again, so we can Dennis kind of... Dennis Halakachaka? Yeah, Dennis. I'm just going to say Dennis, because okay. I think that's what most friends, and I consider him a friend because <laughs> he's a Patreon. But that's one thing our Patreons and our fans have come and said to us for the last few years multiple times is... Being ready to bug out in case of fire. So many of our fans and so many of our Patreons live in places where they've had to have evacuation done. And boy, that'll teach you real quick 
how good you are at bugging out. And I think Dennis hits at it. Others have said too, oh yeah, I thought we were ready to leave in 10 minutes. No, 10 minutes is actually more like an hour and a half. Yeah. And so keep practicing that. And so um, find ways to practice it. Hey, kids, we're going to go camping this weekend. We're going to see how fast we can get the truck loaded up and out. You know what I mean? And see how fast you can get out the door. We're talking animals. We're talking what you need. Medications. Medications, a a supply of food, a supply of water, all those things. How fast can you get out? And if you have livestock of any kind, that just adds another huge layer of complication. And I'd like to unpack some of the specific points Dennis makes. Apparently, I can't say his last name because I get in trouble. Yes. (laughs) So he says it took two hours to figure everything out. One of the most frustrating things on earth is trying to assemble a tent in the dark. If you've ever done it, you're laughing right now. Admit it, you're laughing because you know how awful it is. And so always think of daylight. You know, when we've done team exercises, we have gone out of our way to get stuff done in the daylight because of that. Forgot an extension cord for the air mattress. That's something we touched on specifically last episode was extension cords, adapters, power sources, all those extra things. Plugins, yeah. You have to have them and everything's a what? A system. And an air mattress is a system and requires an extension cord. So I want to just throw this out to you, Glenn. You just mentioned tents because some of you are going, but wait, what about? Because Glenn and I have not set up a modern day tent together, although I have there are tents out there. They're like the kids' pop-up tents where you just kind of toss them. and They're they, magic? They're magic. And they get, boom, put together. All you have to do is anchor them to the ground. Are you serious? How I did, did I not know this? Because we haven't used or bought a tent since that technology came about. Seriously, we have a tent that holds like, I think, two dozen people. It seriously is a huge yeah, tent. Yeah, but it's probably missing like one piece of equipment. It has a equip- broken pole and I haven't yeah. been able to replace mm-hmm. it. We should probably toss that. We should get one of those new ones. The instant tents. Are they cheap? No, but in a bug out situation, when okay, we need to get somewhere and have shelter immediately. Boom, pull that thing out of the box and you have shelter immediately, which is great. So I want to go on and give a, and thank you, Dennis, that yes. opened up a large conversation there. So great shout out to our wonderful and awesome sponsors that keep the lights on over here at Prepping 2.0. You can find them at our website at prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates and over there you will find Survival Garden Seeds. They have supplied our garden very well this year, and they can keep right on supplying for you into the fall. Pro One Water Filters, get your water preps in order with them. Katie Armour stands for Come and Take It Armour. Backwoods Home Magazine, oh my gosh, they just mm-hmm. came out with their latest episode. I say episodes, publication. Yes. Minute Men Coffee, yes, this is why I can talk so fast. EMP Shield, protect all of your electronics, home, and car. From the EMP or CME, Paul Burke Realty specializes in finding preppers properties in Idaho. You can find them at our website as well as firstresponserealty.com, powered by Fathom Realty. And then, of course, Andy, our awesome, awesome producer. If you yes. want to consult with him on how to start be your, your own pod- Glenn and Shelby, do your own do podcast. Do what we do. Check him out. How at hard could it be? Podcastaxes.com. Thank you so much. Now we go on to our next Patreon comment. This is great. Alan the Awful says, and thank you, Alan, for having a very pronounceable profile name instead of that Hawaiian one. What a great middle name, The. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You must get checked at DMV. Your middle name's really The. The Social Security Office Mm -hmm. will ask, how do you spell that? Yeah, (laughs) T-H-E. He says, I assume he, Alan being a male name, some of our food mishaps have been comical. From the kids bagging on some Mountain House beef stew, Dad, this looks like the dog barf special to trying spam light that even the cat wouldn't eat. She did try to bury it. Oh, wow. He says weird storable food has been a constant source of mirth. Well, this brings up several good points. One of them is, yes, you need, in our opinion, a freeze-dried food layer in your food preps layering, but don't expect freeze-dried, commercially produced freeze-dried food, unless it's Numana, which we highly recommend, Don't expect it to be awesome. It's not designed to be awesome. It's designed to be light and store forever. It's designed to feed you. Exactly. And you need to get rid of your peacetime mindset and expectations and get into the expectation of my stomach will not be growling and I will not be hallucinating because of low blood sugar. That needs to be your expectation. And it doesn't have to be freeze-dried food. Now, he's picking on this because it's funny about dog barf. So that's funny. Dog barf's always funny. I mean, it's rubber dog barf is... Is it it when you step on it in the middle of the night? 
No, but they have rubber dog barf at okay. novelty stores, so it must be funny. So have all kinds of different foods. I mean, ideally foods that you would either normally eat or could sort of very quickly get into the habit of normally eating canned food by commercially canned food. I mean, home canned food, but that doesn't last as long as commercially canned food because home canned food is in glass jars and light comes in and all of that other stuff. So you need to layer. We say it all the time and we're very, very serious about it. And this is one of the reasons you need to store what you eat. And there can be exceptions to that. I don't expect people to eat Mountain House beef stew, you know, ever in peacetime unless they're getting rid of it or something. I mean, do have those sorts of foods in your layering, but try to the extent humanly possible to eat what you normally eat. And keep in mind when you're picking out different prep foods, keep in mind, is this something people are going to eat? One of the things that I see preppers doing is it's like a race to the bottom on getting the absolute cheapest food. People will say, I will save $17 if I buy a hundred pounds of red beans that I can then reconstitute and turn into, you know, refried beans or, or whatever. It's 17 bucks and you might want to get food that people are going to actually eat. I guarantee you after pound number five of red beans, you're probably going to be a little tired of them. Now it's going to be low expectations. It's like, oh, I'm not hallucinating from hypoglycemia. This is nice. So you got that going for you, but you know, put some planning into it, have some fun with it, some creativity. Don't just look at cost per pound because you don't do that with anything else that your life depends upon. I'm going to expand on this from a different angle. You've all heard me talk about how I've, in my younger years, in my especially my teenage years, I did a lot of backpacking. And I would go on two and three week long backpacking expedition type things. Where, She's tough, everybody. Well, I was when I was then. That was then. This is years ago. And during that time, relied solely on mountain house food. What was nice about that is that you have, you know, a bag, their Mylar bag, and it's macaroni and cheese. And you just all you have to do is pour hot water and it hydrates and you eat it. I want to add to what you were saying, Glenn. When you have just hiked 12 miles and your feet are covered in blisters, that tastes really good. Mm -hmm. And I'll eat it again for the next two nights because I'm hungry. So things will taste different depending on the conditions I'll let you know. I will also say this, Mountain House food, here's what's crazy. After such a physical exertion, I would come off those expeditions, I would have gained weight. And then the following week, I would lose it because of all the salt and water retention. Those foods do weird, wicked things to your body when you're in extreme situations. And I know that from firsthand experience. So yes, it doesn't taste great. They clearly put extra preservatives in it, I would say mainly salt. And when you're hungry, it'll taste good. I've had the, you know, dog barf. And when you're hungry, after you've exerted yourself, it will be fine. And you're going for calories. You're going for nutrition at that point. But just know, it'll mess with your body a little bit. We've talked about that a little bit. And it's not going to taste awesome, which is why we'll go back again. Try to freeze dry your own food so you get what you like so that you can freeze dry the foods that you like that you know and you know they don't have all those chemicals that cause such a crazy reaction. And not only do you know you like them when you freeze dry them yourself, get a harvest right. Yes, they're expensive, completely worth it. It's not just food that you like the taste of. It's food that your body is used to. You were talking about weird things happening. And this is a family show and we try not to be gross. Suddenly changing your diet can lead to getting Mm -hmm. backed up. Or having a little too much flow, if you know what I'm talking about. So factor that in. Realize it. I mean, if nothing else, pack some laxatives and some extra TP because things are going to change, which is why I stress again, when you are selecting what foods to put into long-term storage, be good to yourself. Cut yourself a break. Be decent to yourself. And not only the foods that you like, but if you're going to have others around you, those you know of and those you don't know of, think about what other people like. Kids don't like, you know, beans and rice. And kids, being the little monsters that they are, will simply (laughs) fold their arms and say, I'm not eating. And you're like, well, that's crazy. They'll come around at some point. Um, Modern kids in America probably won't. If it's not chicken nuggies and uh, Capri Suns, they may actually go pretty close to starving to death. I mean, so keep that in mind. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself 
decently mm-hmm. the way you should treat yourself. So in the last few minutes before we, believe it or not, have to go into a break. What? I know it. Richard in Wisconsin says, and we kind of just touched on this too, accumulating way too much useless stuff that hogs precious storage space. Books, magazines, old shoes, obsolete electronics, empty boxes, redundant items, amen, brother. That goes to what Glenn was just saying about accumulating stuff. I will say Mm -hmm. this. One of the best things to help you with that is moving. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How much stuff (laughs) did Shelby get rid of when we moved? And some of you, Richard in Wisconsin, might be going, I don't have that on my radar as part of my upcoming plan. Go through your stuff. Because kind of like what Glenn was just talking about, another angle to look at it, Times change. Things yeah. change. You go back and get rid of that stuff that maybe was useful two or three, four or five, 10, 29, I don't know, years ago. It's no longer now for whatever reason. Like you just said, obsolete electronics. Yeah, there are some things that were around five, six years ago that are useless now. So get rid of them. One of the things that leads to this problem of accumulating too much stuff and not throwing it out is that a lot of us were raised either poor or middle class. Let's just say we didn't have a lot of stuff. We're not used to- Or by a parent who was raised in the depression. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so a lot of us are just used to, out of habit, out of just the way we were brought up with saving everything. It's sort of like uncouth or unheard of or shockingly bad behavior to throw out, let's say obsolete electronics. Hey, you may end up needing that VCR. Okay, you don't have any VCR tapes anymore, but goodness forbid that you would throw away a VCR player. And for our younger listeners, that's like a digital media on a tape. Anyway. Well, here's the thing. Younger people who are listening to this now may not even know what a CD is. Yeah. So it's okay to throw things away. Give yourself permission. And here's how I look at it, because both Shelby and I come from these backgrounds. And I think me more so. You didn't have the horrible childhood I did. Thank goodness. No. Oh, gosh, this would be a hot mess of a marriage more than it already is. Yeah, exactly. One of the reasons I go out of my way to go against my nature and throw out obsolete electronics, we'll just key on that for a moment, is it's a way of me showing myself that I'm no longer poor. It's a way of saying, I don't have to be trapped by those old habits, those old mindsets. I have evolved. And ask yourself this, if you haven't used something in say a year, do you really need it? Another thing that happens, and we're talking, I see here, shoes comes up. Um, You know, you may change. Um, Stuff may not fit anymore. Why are you still holding on to those smaller sized items of clothing? Is it because you think you're going to lose a bunch of weight and all of a sudden, you know, your 1990 MC Hammer parachute pants are going to come back in style? Is that what you're waiting for? So just play the hand you're dealt. Just deal with modern reality. And the the key to surviving is adaptability. And you're not going to survive because you had a VCR. You're, you're going to survive because of your mindset. And so keep that in mind. And I'm very serious when I say this. And if you grew up poor, you know what I'm talking about. Throwing stuff away is a celebration that you're not poor anymore and view it in a positive light. Oh, absolutely. And and remember to value, and you hit on this too in, your, in what you said, maximizing space when you do that and you look at the space that you have from that oh my gosh what an what an amazing feel that that now you can organize better so doing that purge is worth it and really honing down your preps so oh my gosh folks we're just getting started we have so much more to talk about in this in our next segment so join us on the other side of the break for more prepping fails more prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher is coming right up Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. 
go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try, newmana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E. USA.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it. Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. We're just getting started with our conversation about prepping fails we've made and you've made and we're all learning from. For even more, stick around for the after show if you're a Patreon supporter. Gibbs Arms, G-I-B-B-Z Arms. They have a great YouTube channel where they demonstrate their really innovative stuff. It's AR platform stuff, so it's got all the good parts of an AR, like the ergonomics, They've actually improved upon it. And as I'm fond of saying, Mikhail Kalashnikov was a genius. The one thing that he wasn't such a genius about was a charging handle, if you will, on the right side. If you're right-handed, it should be on the left side. Gibbs Arms has improved on Kalashnikov's design. Yes, I said that. That's the highest praise there is in the gun world. So get yourself a look at Gibbs Arms YouTube channel or their website, gibbzarms.com, and see what you're missing. We were talking about tossing out old stuff. You know what? And treating yourself well, right? Go ahead and look at some of the new stuff that's out there from Gibbs Arms, and it might be time for you to upgrade your AR platform stuff. Well, the archive dive. Yes, this is where we go back and we look at older episodes. We have so many new listeners every week. Thank you very much, new listeners. If you're a brand new listener, pat yourself on the back. But if you're driving, don't take your hands off the steering wheel. We love to go back and look at old episodes. And this one is episode 87, which aired in July 2020. And the title of it says it all. 
the destruction in cities, how it affects your preps, even if you don't live there. And it was a fascinating discussion. I mean, in some ways, predictions about how there would be supply chain problems. There would be long term gaps in law enforcement. The police would start saying, oh, you wanted to fund us? Well, how about I retire? And then you can live in your garbage hole city without me, which we've seen play out. I don't like the word prophetic, but we were definitely ahead of our time and on to something. And you can go back and listen to it because it's still as relevant now as it was then. There is probably going to be some chaos in the cities coming up at some time, maybe 2024, you never know. And how it affects your preps, even if you don't live in the city, that is something that affects you. Well, now we resume our Patreon comments and we will start with Brian. Why don't you read Brian's comments? So Brian has kind of a list here that are all somewhat related and we've talked a little bit about each one. So we'll see where we go here. First one, trying to do it all alone. Number two, including anything dairy and long-term food storage, i.e. cream of chicken soup, should get tossed on its expiration date. Three, not having digital copies of all important documents. Four, not being organized, not having enough on one thing or too much of another, or not being able to find it. Where would you like to start, Mr. Well, let's unpack them one by one, trying to do it all alone. Brian, you are 100% right. We are huge proponents of a team approach or a community approach here. Everyone outside the non-prepping world, they think preppers are these lone wolf crazies who live in bunkers and have like a billion MREs and all this other kind of nonsense. Uh, Nope, not if you're doing this right. You have friends and you have a network of people who have different skills and can, you know, watch your back for you. And you cannot do this all alone. There is no better illustration of this than my books, 299 Days, and Shelby's books, A Great State, in which we illustrate in a fictional story fashion, although it's true, even though it's fictional, we illustrate in a story fashion how it, sorry, Hillary Clinton was right about one teeny thing. It does take a village, not the government village, but it does take a lot of people to get things done and have some semblance of society. You cannot do it all alone. If you're trying to do it alone, I guarantee you're going to burn out. You're going to say, this can't be done. You're going to throw in the towel and you're going to be far worse off. One of the great things you can do if you're doing this alone I should say trying to do it alone, is PrepperNet. You hear the ads on our show. We are big proponents of PrepperNet.com. It's a matching service, if you will, Uh, not a dating site, but it matches people in your zip code with others that have expressed an interest, and it's completely anonymous. You can make contact without telling people who you are and all of that other stuff. Uh, we did an entire episode on PrepperNet. We had uh, Forrest Garvin, who's the brains behind PrepperNet on. So not only don't try to do it alone, but there's a resource for you if you are trying to do it alone. Number two, you know, you bring up a really good point about including anything dairy and long-term food storage. You're making me realize, Brian, that it's probably time to find that cream of chicken soup that we have. And uh, well, we know where it's at because yeah. we got organized recently. Oh, okay. Well, we good. know where it's at. We should consider tossing it because yep. you're right. Dairy is its own animal and it does weird stuff over time. And this is another example of having to adjust your diet to prepping realities. But Glenn, didn't you just say store what you eat? Yeah, I did. But you can't be absolutist about that. You have to store what you eat that is storable, right? And dairy is notorious for this. Also, there are some baking mixes that have, you know, powdered milk or whatever, you know, just add water and it's got milk in it. Those have similar problems. Oils. Well, well, I'm going to correct you on that. Actually, milk is something you need to add to it. It typically has an oil or it has something in it that has an oil in it. So it'll go rancid. There's just add water baking things that have powdered milk because in a typical way of making them from scratch, you would add milk. So instead of adding milk, you add water, which then matches up with the dried milk and stuff like that. So be wary of dairy. Ooh, that's fabulous. It is. Let's make a t-shirt of that. Be wary of dairy. I'm sure nobody will buy it. But Mm -hmm. I will say this. Make sure you have dried milk as one of your deep preps. And And again, manna. And dried milk is going to last way longer than free-floating 
cream and in new, cream of chicken new soup. Mana Foods is the best place on that. So mm-hmm. let's go one more. Not having digital copies yeah. of important documents. Absolutely. I uh, think we kind of have a weakness in this we department. do i do i will say this though we keep in a fireproof safe a fire resistant safe important documents yeah that doesn't mean that we still should do digital i'm um, not being organized boy we've hit on i'm yeah. going to skip over that because i want to give us some more time but we have hit on that a lot with um last week's and this week's getting organized and as you're hearing other patreons and other listeners say it it can be a roadblock it can be a hindrance it can be a source of huge stress we won't repeat ourselves about being organized but i think it's noteworthy that this topic keeps popping Mm -hmm. up over and over again because you can have all the stuff in the world but if you can't find it it does you no good and so i love that a lot of people seem to agree with us i always love it when people agree with us and it's a really important topic so Put as much effort into organization as you put into acquiring things. You know, they talk about precision rifles and they say you should spend as much or more on the scope than you spend on the rifle. And what do us guys do? We get like really cool rifles and then we put, you know, a $200 scope on it, completely defeating the purpose of a really accurate rifle. Apply the same mindset to organization. Think about it as the scope that you need, and you should put as much or more effort into that, into organizing, than you do into acquiring. Because acquiring is super easy. Assuming you have the money, all you do is you hit the buy it now button on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. How hard is that? Organizing it is where the rubber meets the road. Be partial. This is a cute story. Okay, because you've read it in advance. I have, and I'm just looking at you because um, I'm seeing how your eyes are going to do on this. How you doing? It's a bit of a story. It's a cute story, and it's definitely lessons learned here. Okay. He says, my wife and I had been planning to take the kids on a shakedown camping trip once we had all the three-day emergency bags set up for each of them. One Friday, I called my wife from work and told her that today was the day. I had to warn my wife, but I didn't have to warn my kids. I'm no dummy. So when I got home, I called the kids together and told them we had 10 minutes to grab their stuff and be in the car. They got excited and went running to the closets to grab their bags. My wife and I smugly got ours, and we all met in the car. I put the key in the ignition and started it up. We were all excited, but then it dawned on me. We had planned the contents of the bags, kept the car above a half tank of fuel, rotated the food and seasonal clothes in our kits and all the rest. We did all of that, but forgot to have a place to go all planned out. I turned to my wife and said, where do we go? She looked at me with a laugh and said, this was your idea. Don't ask me. Serves me right. So we ended up driving out to the lake and spent the weekend in a campground. It was a blast, but we learned a lot about what we didn't have planned. P.S. My wife and I still laugh about that. And it's been over 25 years since it happened. We're a lot better now. Great story. And by the way, good writing. I appreciate good writing, Be Partial. That was very easy to read. Yeah, you got to have a place to go. And so you love the story because the wife was right. Isn't that right? No, I love the story because it's similar to the one earlier. You're all ready to go and you forgot the cord. You forgot that you... You forgot the place to go. The devil is in the details. Yeah. So it's interesting. I will say this, though. Have we come up with a where do we go? Like a very specific place. We haven't had the in-depth conversation about it, but I know about four places from where we live now that we could go. And we would be getting in the car and going, all right, do we go here, here, or here? Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel pretty good about that. How about you? Yeah, I feel good about it too, but you're so right. Bugging out implies a place that you're going. Because if you go on Yelp and ask, what's a great bug out location? Yelp's not going to help you. And so you've got to have your own suggestions. You can't rely on anything else. And we talked about in part one of this episode last week, and it doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to be a place to go. I mean, it's probably not going to be your cousin who's the multimillionaire who's got the bunker. That's probably not your scenario. So, yeah, it's it's yep. good to be reminded. And what a great way to be reminded. It's another example of having the stuff. Everybody had their bug out yep. bags. Having the stuff, but not having the system down. And part of the system of bugging out is a place to go. We did an old episode called Bugging Out 101, which was, if you don't mind me saying, really good. And it was all about 
bugging out the planning for it and different ways to do it and all the aspects of it. That probably merits going back and listening to. Yep, absolutely. So I want to jump because I'm going to see if we can get you know some more done here. I'm going to read this one because from Larry. And I'm not sure that he has a prepping fail here so much as he's telling a story. So I'm going to read it because I want to include him and um, give a little commentary. So Larry starts out saying, currently living in the country, far enough outside of Eugene, Oregon, to make a bit better, to feel a bit better about living in Oregon. We had an opportunity to move to South Dakota this year, and my wife and daughter visited this state, and she, my wife, just couldn't do it. It is hard because we are rooted here, but it is just unsettling. I don't want to force my family into a bad situation as my wife doesn't see an imminent threat or other than giving her all the reasons this area is become less and less safe in general. I can't point to one either. She's supportive of prepping, but doesn't really see what I see coming. If things do get bad, when will it become too late and will I regret my decision? It's either force the family to move or just continue to try to convince them mental health is an issue for my wife too, which makes it even more challenging. Oh my God, I have some thoughts here. Can mm, I jump please in? Please go for it. So, uh, so Larry, might I suggest, this is just a suggestion. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been to South Dakota. I don't know if I'd want to live there. It is, if you think Montana has brutal winters, holy buckets. South Dakota is brutal winters. There, there's some scenic places there, but when you're all by yourself in a cold winter, it's hard. Can I encourage you to take some road trips and some summer trips to other places such other as, solid red states yeah, in other, the west I, i'm i'm thinking there's some really wonderful places oklahoma montana wyoming utah i mean there's some great places south dakota nothing against south dakota but if it it's not for everyone there's a reason why it is not very populated there really is because it's a brutal place to live and and try that approach that's kind of what how we went about trying to figure out where we wanted to go is we did do some running around and visiting and see what you think. But I will say this, in speaking to the Oregon thing, you are the frog in the pot that's mm -hmm. getting warmer, and you don't realize it. Well, you do realize you it. Those realize around it. you yeah, don't realize those around it. Yeah, and you know it's coming. More and more onerous laws are coming your way. The one that's um, coming to mind that recently Washington passed, that I'm sure Oregon's going to because they all do it all in concert. If you don't allow your... Um, under 18 student to engage in um, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep from getting banned here engage in surgeries that are irreparable yeah let's say that as a parent in the state of Washington you can lose custody of your children by the state by will take your child because take, you mm -hmm. do not believe the social engineering the state believes in so those are the so that you know that's the state of or washington and soon oregon i'm sure soon oregon is going to start ratcheting up the heat on the pot and if you have underage children that is a concern yeah because a lot of us i would say everybody listening to this we will take a lot of knocks and bumps but when you start messing with our kids and you start literally taking our kids away from us stuff gets real and that's where i think you're at in Oregon. And you thought, Larry, that this question was going to lead into Glenn and Shelby talking about how awesome red states are. And um, no, not really. We're just saying there are problems in blue states. I want to give you some hope. And this may be overly optimistic. We'll, we won't know until we know. And that is, you'll know when it's time to leave. And I think that when things on the ground in Oregon become sufficiently bad, your wife will realize it and it might not be ideal because it might come later than it could have come. And there, there may be clogged highways going, leaving Oregon and housing prices in South Dakota and elsewhere may be far higher than they otherwise would have been. I'm not saying this is an ideal situation. It's a lot like the self-defense situation that I always describe. And I've never gone through this situation. Thank God, literally, I never want to hurt anybody. Um, but I always say to people when they, when they say, well, you're a lawyer, tell me the seven things I need to have happen before I can draw a gun on somebody. Give me a checklist. And I say, it doesn't work like that. I say, you'll know it. You will know when it is time to defend yourself and you have to trust yourself and you can't overthink it. You can't pre-plan it that much. I know what I just said goes against a lot of mm -hmm. what we've said 
in the past. But understand the positive side of this. If, if God is involved in your life and your family's life, he will help. He will make it painfully obvious, perhaps unpleasantly painfully obvious, that it's time to go. So you will know. And it's not that if you don't get out way in advance, you can never get out. It makes it harder to get out. Mm -hmm. It makes situations worse. We might have intrastate refugees, which is covered at great length and brilliantly, brilliantly in Shelby's books. She coined the phrase domestic immigration before it was a real thing. I can attest to that. So you may have problems, but you'll know when it's time to go. And I really hope your wife is listening to this. I hope that you hit the pause button and brought your wife in the room because, you know, I'm, I'm talking to her in a lot of ways. I'm not really as much talking to you, but ma'am, know that you will know. And God is taking care of you and has got your back mm-hmm. and wants the best for you and your husband and your children. And let that be comforting. So if I may add to that, the whole God aspect of it, of this, the nation of Israel, when it was called out of Egypt, did not want to go because it was so unsettling. They, they thought themselves Egyptians, not the chosen people of God. So just know moving like this, making a huge change like this is unsettling. To you, sir, I would say, um, my screen, we've been talking so long on this, my screen went away. Um, have a bug out location so that when it does come, you may not be able to move, but you have a place to go. It is imperative that you have that. Another place to go. Think about Julie in the Great State book. She couldn't get out of Oregon, but she had a place to go outside of Oregon. Make sure you have that in place and, and put your energy in that. I would suggest, by uh, just to add to this, um, and we're not doing this to try to sell books, but get your wife a set of either Shelby's books or audiobooks because it is written from the perspective of a essentially single woman and it's about these hard decisions and about kids and making it all work and and her character in the books doesn't have any money to speak of and so this isn't the Richie Rich everything will be cool because I'll get in my jet and go to New Zealand kind of thing so I highly recommend those books for your wife, and I really hope they help her. Mm -hmm. Shelby's books have helped a whole lot of people. We don't even know how many. We won't know until we get to heaven. Well, so many people reach out to me and say, my my wife is on board now because of my books. And that was the whole point. That was the whole point. That is the reason why I wrote my books, which makes, which which blesses me because I knew that God wanted me to write those books. So anyway. I feel exactly. like we should, yeah, yes. we went down a rabbit hole. Oh my gosh, thank you so heavy. much to be partial. But oh, we, Larry, we, don't mind heavy, we don't mind heavy, Larry. No. Rainy Day Mom says, buying things I know we won't eat, but the what ifs got me, and I now have expired items I won't use. Also, not finding a good way to inventory to keep track of what I have. Not planning menus and eating what we store. Not getting in better shape. Need I go on? Well, let's unpack those. And some of them we've gone over. So we Some may, of them we yeah. have. Um, buying things I know we won't eat. Well, we mentioned you might be changing your diet a little bit, but you should factor in the changes you of diet. You should prep what you're going to eat, yes. And you say the what ifs got me, and now we have expired items I won't use. Um, other than the dairy in cream of chicken soup, I think that expired items are probably... 95% of the time, still completely fine. There's a myth out there that the best buy date, notice they don't even say expired now. It's almost always the best buy. You know, this item is best if used by a date. Um, you know, don't throw that stuff out, especially with canned food, commercially canned food. It's going to have a best buy date of, say, two years after it was manufactured or something like that. It's probably good for decades. I mean, now it may not taste awesome. The texture and consistency may not be fabulous, but it's still perfectly edible. So, and there's all kinds of great YouTube sites and Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever. Find about the myth uh, of expire expiration dates. Um, 
in, in a handful of uh, drugs or vitamins or things like that, um, the expiration date may actually matter. There's one uh, uh, antibiotic that actually turns mildly poisonous if you are past the expiration date. I don't remember what it is, and I'm not going to throw out a guess, but you can look it up yourself. But the point is, is that there are only a handful of items that truly go bad. Yes. That as in like dangerous, um, and and that doesn't mean that if you've got a can that's dented or rusted or bulging, that you eat it. So, don't worry about the expired items. It's it's very unlikely that you wasted your money. Well, and I will just add one more little factor in there because someone's going to say it. Pull top cans. Yeah. Use them first. Absolutely, because yeah. the, the seal isn't as good. But but yeah. Um, there's, there is a percentage that they're not good, but my goodness, canned food generally lasts for, what was it? Um, here's the example we haven't mentioned in a while. Dented can of canned peaches that we pulled out of the cabin Mm -hmm. a few years ago. You had written the date on it, like 2010, 2011, opened it up fine. And we ate it like 10 years later. Yeah. It was completely fine. Completely fine. And that's one of those things that you almost have to live through and do it yourself experiment. Remember the... The nine-year-old pancake mix yeah, we served to the team. They didn't know it. I, they now, didn't know I, it. I tried it out myself first, so I'm not going to go poisoning the team. I knew it tasted fine, and I wanted them to taste it because it was, again, like nine-year-old. When it was crusties from Costco. I mean, it was, yeah. So I, what I, I think what we're both saying here, yes, there's expired food. Yes, throw it out if you think it's bad at all. But on the other hand, those expiration dates are there to get you to buy more stuff, too. And uh, Rainy Day Mom also says, not finding a good way to inventory. We've talked about our preferred method of sortly, but there's a million other ways to do it. You can write stuff down with a pen and paper. A, a spreadsheet on a computer. Yeah. That you, that you attach to an app. Yeah. That, that you print out. So um, you can get the big, the big letters for like uh, address signs or whatever, and, and they're the Home Depot, and you can put them on your Costco black tubs with the yellow lids. And like tub A, you can just write down tub A, what it has in it and what the expiration dates are. There's nothing fancy that Mm-mm. that needs to be done for inventorying. It's just that it does indeed need to be done. And you mentioned not planning menus. I got to tell you, if you're planning menus with your food preps, you're in the top 1% yeah. of preppers. I got to tell you, that's the gold standard. That's well, a level gonna, we're not at. I was going to, no, not at all. And I would say for me, men, the the... The goal of menu planning absolutely is to ration your food so that you're not just smorgasbording it, especially when people are super hungry. And I talk about that again in my books. So we have so many more oh to my talk about. And, and, and I'm thank fe- you, Patreons, oh for my your gosh. awesome comments. Oh my gosh. So we will probably do, because we have what, another dozen or so? Oh. We do not. So. Folks, thank you again so much for contributing, for opening up your hearts and admitting your mistakes just like we have. And it's hard to do that. So um, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to say goodbye. We're going to take the rest of the questions into the after show. But as always, you hear us say it every week from our favorite uh, founding father, Benjamin Franklin. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.